It's Monday's edition of NBL Today. Coming up, we talk about what was an enormous Sunday in terms of finals calculation. The Kings are in, the Breakers are in, and the Taipans are in. But what does the bottom three of the top six look like? And all of our award finalists have just been announced. We'll go through them on NBL Today. Nice to have your company for Monday's edition of NBL Today. Jack Heverin alongside Pete Hooley. Hall's good to see you. I must admit, I'm a little bit drained. I'm a little bit flat this morning because yesterday was a very, very big day. Oh, mate, it was a lot. And it doesn't get bigger than that first game. I know we're going to talk about the Kings and they look like they've locked in top spot. But that first game was absolutely incredible. The Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, we normally just talk about their defense, how strong they are defensively, and that offensive clinic that they put on with their season on the line, they got it done. And Scott Ross' emotion, I think that was really the key to how important that win was for them. So are we seeing a new style of Jack Jumper? Last season, it was all about meticulous defense and structure and keeping teams to 70 or 75. As you said, yesterday was an offensive fiesta. Is is this the new way they're going about things? I don't know if it's the new way and maybe it's more just the matchup because Perth had their struggles on the defensive end. They really leak a lot of points and I think that would have been highlighted in the scout previously ready for that game and they knew that they had to come out there and be aggressive on the offensive end they shot the lights out especially in the first half when you put up 50 odd in the first half you know you're on track for a really nice uh, game and that's exactly what happened and Milton Doyle came up clutch once again it's been a while I think since we've seen mm. him get some clutch shots so that would have felt good leading into the finals no doubt and that's a massive win for the Jack Jumpers. What about for Sydney? They won in what felt to to all of us, I think, like the pre- – in fact, yesterday as a whole was a preview of the final series of, of what's to come. But the Kings mathematically haven't fully clinched top spot, but let's be real here. They're going to have to lose a game by about 200 to lose top spot. So they're in and they're the number one seed. Oh, very impressive. Uh, big weekend, big bounce back weekend from the Kings. And I mentioned that last week. Everybody was saying they might have had some concerns after going on to the previous round. I think it only strengthened their chances to go back to back because it helped them snap back to what they do best. It helped them realize, look, things aren't as easy as that in the league. They put up nearly 150 points on Brisbane. They put up nearly 100 plus four games in a row. They were coasting along. They lose two. They go back to... What made them great, they, they demolished the Jack Jumpers and they come out and get a hard-fought win against the Phoenix. So the Kings are going to be tough to beat. And that performance from Xavier Cooks, oh. that is unbelievable. A triple-double from a power forward in the NBL today is incredible. Yes, she's always going to be close to a double-double, but to have 10 dimes as well in a power forward position, you're a unique player. You, you go back through the last... 10 people to have a double-double here in the Hungry Jacks NBL. And we highlighted Josh Giddy being the last yesterday, but all of the names, your point is a really good one, Pete. No one's doing that from the four spot. No, they're not. And, and Case replied to my tweet saying that it was Sean Redditch was the last one as a power forward. And that's that's someone you'd like yeah. to, to be referenced with. And it, it, it is hard because Gabriel Cooks is that unique. He brings the ball up a lot. He, he plays that point guard position as a power forward. But 10 dimes alone in the NBL is hard to do with the way the assists are. This isn't the NBA, and it's a 40-minute game. So that is just an incredible performance from Xavier Cooks. Cairns and New Zealand have also clinched their spots now in the final series. They're going to finish second and third. It's just a question of who finishes second and who finishes third out of them. You can't help but reflect on what an incredible turnaround it's been for both teams. The Taipans 
showed some glimpses last year, but ultimately couldn't get rolling at any stage in the season. Virtually undergone a renovation of, of their playing roster, Pete, and now they look a completely different team. And then the New Zealand Breakers, that their last two years have been so difficult in terms of the challenges with COVID and playing away from home. And I think it justifies the scenes that we saw from Motti Mayor with the tears post-game. What a remarkable turnaround from bottom two to top three for both of these teams. Yeah, it's incredible. And you look back to like the way too early predictions and nobody would have ever predicted this just based <laughs> on the last year. I mean, you look at last year and I guess the roster turnover is one thing, but what Modi Mayo has done and, and that emotion the outpoured, and if you haven't seen it, jump online to the mm. Breakers socials because it just shows what it means to him and where he's taken this club in a short amount of time after the struggles they went through. For two years that nobody, unless you were within those four walls, going through what they went through would understand. But then to do what they've done now, it's a massive testament to him. And I think they need to lock him away for as long as they can because he's built a foundation there. And on the flip side, we've got Adam Ford at the Taipans, youngest roster in the league. They had some key pieces move on. They bring in some new pieces that people aren't too sure of. They've had a lot of injuries. There's some big names. Tajim McCall was out for a long time. Keanu Pinder missed six games and he's out for another couple. So all this that's gone on for Adam Ford and they still managed to tick away wins. And and look at that win against the Bullets. It wasn't pretty, but they were battle-hearted. They were on one leg. Tajim McCall was on one leg. Just wanted to go out there, grit and grind and get it done. And that just comes back to Adam Ford, what he's preached for them. Quick question without notice for you. If we had to have a grand final series starting today, who's better placed to challenge the Kings across a five-game series, Cairns or New Zealand? Starting today, it's New Zealand by far, just with the injuries for, for Cairns. I mean, I, I'm going to struggle to see Cairns get a, to a team on the floor tonight against Adelaide <laughs> with all the players that got banged up. But... Yeah, I think Cairns at full strength is really going to struggle them, but New Zealand right now. The finalists are in for all of our major awards. They've just been released, so let's quickly punch through them. Of course, they're all available to read on nbl.com.au. I don't think any great surprise. Bryce Cotton, Xavier Cooks, and Mitch Creek have been named as the finalists for the most valuable player, which is presented by Hungry Jacks. No shocks there, Pete? No, no shocks there. That's the three best players in the competition. So our other finalists for our other awards, the Lindsay Gay's Coach of the Year, Chase Buford, Adam Ford, and Motti Mayor. So that's one, two, and three. No surprises there, but my goodness, two of those coaches are going to be really hard done by. We mentioned Motti Mayor and Adam Ford, and you can make a strong case for either of those. And I think I've gone back and forth over the last couple of weeks over who I believe should get the nod. But but Chase Buford, you finished top. Yep. Of the season, you lose your three key imports after winning a championship. You have no championship hangover. It is mighty impressive. And if he doesn't get the nod, goodness me, he'll be hard done by. It's a it's a very, very high standard class this season. Most improved player, Sean McDonald started the season with a bang. Has come back to earth a, a little bit for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Keanu Pinder has been sensational across the season and just missed nominating for the MVP. And Will McDowell-White is finishing like a hurricane right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a good three, isn't it? I mean, I had Keanu Pinder as a lock basically halfway through the season, but now he's missed a lot and, and coming back from injury as well. So it's worthwhile having a, a think about what case you want to build. Sean McDonald, what a story that has been. And Will McDowell-White, he's going to get a few votes. 
And I just want to pull myself up there because finishing like a hurricane is not a saying. So I don't know why I even went with that in the first place. Best six man of the year presented by Marsh Insurance, Barry Brown Jr. of the New Zealand Breakers, Rashad Kelly of the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, and a nice nod for Tyler Johnson from the Brisbane Bullets, Pete, despite all the upheaval that's gone on with the Bullets this year. Tyler Johnson has given his all. He has, and he is a starting caliber guard in this league, make no mistake. And I'm talking a 38-minute guard. Like, he can play at a high level. He just... That's what his role was for this team that was going through everything. And I I believe everybody thought Barry Brown Jr. had this award on lock too. Tyler Johnson's going to have something to say about that, I reckon. Damian Martin trophy for the best defensive player. Antonius Cleveland has been the benchmark for defensive players in this competition. Derek Pardon from the New Zealand Breakers. So a big man getting the nod inside the top three. And Shay Healy, what a story this is. And we're thinking of Shay at the moment as he works his way through multiple concussion bouts. Has played at best half a season and, and is nominated for the defensive player of the year. I think that shows just how highly rated he is at that end of the floor. For sure. Uh, the way he turned the season around for Melbourne United was on that end. He always does that. And he's probably unlucky to miss out last year on winning the award. But to me, I, I'm a little shocked that Justin Simon doesn't end up yeah. on those finalists. That That is a real tough one. But you look, I think the NBL is getting closer and closer to being able to have an all defensive team because we've just got that many elite defenders, and I think Justin Simon's incredibly unlucky not to be on that, but Derek Parton, he's going to be a tough one to beat as well. The Next Generation Award presented by Champion, a change has opened up the, I guess, the qualifying criteria for a lot of people, including Sam Froling, including Luke Travers, and Sam Wardenberg has had a great first season for the Cairns Taipans. Well, he has, yeah, no doubt about it. He's been exceptional, and I think Sam Froling has had an unbelievable season and with the way the Illawarra Hawks have struggled. It's nice for him to be recognised as a potential winner for this award for the first time, and I think it's going to be hotly contested every single year from here on out. And, and all of our other awards, the first team, second team, executive of the year, referee of the year, game time by Kmart, and the fans MVP will all be awarded next Tuesday night live on ESPN the Gazies for 2022-23. We've got a lot to talk about this week, Pete. Great to catch up this morning, and I'll see you later on. Sounds good, mate.